Part 1 Betrayal can only happen if you love. John Le Carré Chapter 1 Tuesday, September 4th, 9.59pm No, no, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I've never seen so much blood. This can't be him. What am I doing here? It was so stupid to come over. I just wanted to let him know how he made me feel. He was awful to me. He was awful to everyone. A user and abuser. To think I thought there might be something real between us. He was too damaged emotionally to have anything real with anybody. When I didn't hate him, I thought I might love him. But this was never supposed to happen. I just wanted him to be scared. Maybe this has nothing to do with me. And I don't think he would have killed him. Just scare him. That's all. Maybe someone else did. There were plenty who wanted him dead. I need to call the police. But how can I explain why I was here? And how I got in? Will they think I did this? They would have to. Why am I even asking? Of course they'll think I did it. Nothing looks right about me being here. There is no explaining it. But I can't just leave. What if he's not dead? I'm sure he is. It looks like his head is caved in. But what if he isn't? Now my mind is playing tricks on me. He is dead. There's blood on me. They're going to think I did it. I can't just leave, can I? Unable to take in the wound, shattered bone, and blood, she bent over and vomited. She then backed away, closed his bedroom door behind her, and left his apartment quickly. Bypassing the bank of elevators, she took the stairs, all twenty-five flights, two steps at a time, and exited the back service entrance. She half stumbled, half jogged two blocks to a public parking garage. Tears streamed down her face as she drove from the area. Chapter 2 The Marines have a saying that seems quite apt right now. Hurry up and wait. Patience is not my strong suit. It was 98 degrees in the shade all day here in D.C. The sun has set, so the temperature has dropped. Can't be more than 95 now. I feel like I'm cooking in the ultra-high molecular-weight polyethylene jacket I'm wearing— it's state-of-the-art bullet-resistant material, ten times stronger than steel. But that word, resistant, is still bugging me. Why can't the gear be bulletproof? Drops of sweat bead and then fall in rivulets down my forehead and over and around my goggles, some seeping through the rubber ring that fits snugly to my face. When Special Agent Austin Reynolds invited me to participate in an FBI training program designed to help local law enforcement respond to terrorist activities, this wasn't the type of assignment I expected. Sure, I'm way ahead of my rehab schedule from a knee injury I suffered on a murder case I helped bust this past summer. I had a torn ACL and MCL repaired just six weeks ago. The three weeks I've spent running the rolling hills of the FBI training grounds in Quantico, Virginia, every morning have been nothing but wonderful for my recovery, along with daily therapy including electric muscle stimulation, ultrasound treatments, and aggressive stretching and joint manipulation, and glorious massages. Still, I hope I'm ready for this. We've been poised for the strike for 45 minutes now. A terrorist cell has been operating within 30 minutes of our nation's capital. The FBI, in its infinite wisdom, has progressed cautiously on this one, letting the group move freely for more than a year in the hopes that members of Allah's fatwa would make a mistake in the confidence they had not been detected. It wasn't cell chatter intercepted by the supercomputers at NEA that made FBI Deputy Director Willingham issue the order for immediate and terminal action. It was the lack of chatter. Change might be good for personal growth and corporate survival, 
but when it's a homicidal cadre of mad dogs, change should always make you nervous. Don't use the phrase mad dogs, Kristen, unless you want to get chewed out again. Another bit of data came in from Virgil, real name Operation Vigilance, a computer program developed for Homeland Security that gathers and collates information from federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies. Word from Virgil strongly suggested some bad guys, possibly and probably radical Islamists, had gotten some weapons-grade uranium into the U.S. through the port of Charleston. Maybe one and one doesn't equal two in this case, but who wants to risk that? Not Willingham. He's a smart guy. I listened to the transmitter and it sounds like things are a little behind schedule. Four agents have worked themselves to within a few yards of the five-foot chain-link fence in front of the 2,000-square-foot house, with all the blinds pulled and overgrown shrubs nearly enveloping the entire exterior. They popped a manhole cover above the sewer pipe they traversed from a couple streets away. Four more agents are within a few feet of the fence at the rear of the house, having come through the neighbor's backyard. They are the holdup. It's assumed there are tripwires around the perimeter to sound the alarm of an imminent attack. Move it, I hear Reynolds say. Firm, calm, confident, like always. Unlike me, these FBI people are smooth.